Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bitch, Corvette, Corvette, hopping in love from jet like jet. Him and then him and then like that. They were like, Pop, why you all like that? Why you talk like that? Why you all like that? Gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, featuring 376 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always what up what up what up what up what up it's me it's me it's lukey c aka the dog pound don we got anything good to talk about today browns is browns baby <laughs> corvette corvette <laughs> before we get into that hold on we got a lot to talk about we got a super super wild card weekend it was you know as advertised i think it was good uh, another firing today I want to touch on, Black Monday Part 2, I guess. We'll touch on that a little bit. I don't want to spend too much time there. And then we'll talk about the games next week. And, you know, there's a game on tonight. So hopefully, maybe by the time we, as we're going through this, there'll, there'll be some scoring and stuff. So we may talk about the national championship a little bit. But before we get into any of the football stuff from this past weekend, the NFL playoffs... Boy, they are in full swing, aren't they? You might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 18, 22, and 2. A 1 and 3 week for us. With a little asterisk, I guess, I guess because the one win is you threw it in after. That was my bonus pick, baby. The Bet Online read. What do you like for this week coming up? A lot of good matchups. Looking forward to it. I'm going to go with. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing at New Orleans, and I'm going to take the money line at betonline.ag plus 145. Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 145 on the money line to beat the New Orleans Saints. I am also taking Tampa Bay on the money line plus 145 <laughs> to beat the New Orleans Saints. My bonus pick is under 56 in the Browns and Kansas City Chiefs game. So Luke and I have both taken Tampa Bay on the money line. And the bonus pick for this week is Browns Chiefs under 56. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is the online casino, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again. That's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. As I said last week, you know, I I never like to see anybody lose their job today. The the surprise one, I guess, for most people. I you know, I told you last week that I thought the Doug Peterson situation felt a little a little tricky to me. Uh I didn't think he was necessarily safe and clearly over the course of the week as him and Jeffrey Laurie has met have met a couple times. I guess Laurie felt like he didn't really like Peterson's vision for the future. It sounded like they had some misalignment on scheme, staff. I guess Peterson wanted to promote somebody that wasn't necessarily ready. I don't know. You might know the name. I read through the article pretty quick. I I think that the writing was on the wall with this one. I pretty much said I thought the organization was going in the wrong direction. They made the playoffs last year in a bad division. They were unable to make the playoffs this year in a bad division. Uh, You know, look, Lori came out today and sort of said, we didn't do this because of Wentz. It feels to me like they picked the quarterback over the coach, probably because they've floated him around and nobody wants to take on that salary, is my guess, is, is one of the issues. Or... 
they value him higher than what other teams in the league value him. So to me, they probably they had to make a decision whether it was going to be the quarterback and the coach, and it's probably easier right now to replace the coach because no team has hired a head coach yet. Anything You got anything on Doug Peterson? Any thoughts there? Nope. That's it, huh? <laughs> I mean... So what do you think about the Philadelphia job? You know, we ranked these open jobs last week. Now there's a seventh job that's open. Where would you put the Philly job in terms of the other six? I would rank it dead last. Not a great... Behind the lines? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think it's the worst job. I mean, you know, like you said, they probably did float around that uh, that Carson Wentz contract. And no one wanted it because, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of work to get to get him back anywhere near where, where he could be. Um, they have the second lowest amount of cap space. They actually are in cap debt, 51 mil. Just an awful job. Like you said, an old roster. They restructured Alshon just recently. I think he played in like four games this year. I don't even know if you played in that many, bro. Yeah, and so I, I, there's nothing there's nothing great about it. And, like, you know, the line is old. It's just they're old all over. It's a total teardown. There's no question. I, I think that, look, we know a couple of Eagles fans. I know that it's it's a tough day for them. I know you know that I saw this coming back in August. I mean, we did I'm, – I'm trying to – it was it was either our our QB power ranking episode or the Madden episode that we did for Zero Dark Nerdy, where I basically said I had a feeling that either Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz or both of them would be gone after this season. So I know you don't believe what I'm about to say, but I'm certainly not happy. I think Doug Peterson will, will land a job somewhere else. They were already talking about. He's got a great relationship with the GM uh, for the Jets, so chances are he probably has a job somewhere else, so he, he'll, he'll be okay. But I, I agree with you. I probably wouldn't put the Eagles' job behind the Lions only because they already have a general manager and a philosophy in place there, and the Lions is sort of a just a total overhaul, and they're trying to overcome dysfunction organizational dysfunction so i would say of the seven jobs i'd probably put the lions still last but i put philly right there behind uh, atlanta houston the jets so doug peterson potentially if he gets that jets job he's taking a step up right i guess yeah i i, I mean i think it's a better job so yeah i, I would say it, it probably is the new york market and all that zach all wilson. entails yeah yeah zach wilson maybe <laughs> Maybe future Heisman winner Justin Fields. Or future Heisman winner Justin Fields. Let's see. We'll see. I think Justin Fields' draft stock is going to – you hate to say that one game hinges on it, but I think uh, if he plays well tonight, I don't see how that he doesn't get drafted the second quarterback. We'll see. Let's get into the playoff games. We'll start with Saturday. Let's just run down. Bills beat the Colts 27-24. What you think about that game? That was – Probably the best game um, objectively. If if you're just a you know an NFL fan and you're watching the, when you're watching when you're watching the games, I thought it was a good game. You know, Allen played well, Rivers played well too. Both quarterbacks really played well, and never really felt until late that Indy really had. Mm. Really, Indy was really into it. it. Buffalo was pretty much controlling the game for the most part, and then you know late there it looked like they might get a chance, and then they gave up, uh, or then uh, they just ran out of steam there late in the game and and couldn't get into to field goal range. But um, I think Buffalo's good. I, I just – I said it last week. I don't think that they're as good as everyone seems to think they are, you know, putting them on the level of the Chiefs and, you know, the class of the AFC I've heard several times. And I just I just don't think that they're that. And I think that was reiterated to me this weekend. I mean, I think they're a good team. I think they're a good football team. Uh, I'm excited to see their game this week. They, they got a great matchup. Not sure if Baltimore has enough to beat them. I just don't think that Buff- – I think it's really just – KC by themselves and everybody else. And I just don't think Buffalo's as close as everyone made it out to be. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a great game. It was Buffalo's first playoff win in 25 years, right? I, I thought it was a pretty good game, too. I, the fans I think, were loud. I thought in for how many were in there? About 6,000 or something. So I thought I thought they were really loud. Uh, Indy definitely played better than I thought they would, without question, you know, because I picked the Bills to cover the spread. So, 
Both QBs played well. They both went over 300 yards. They both had two touchdowns throwing. No interceptions between the two of them. Allen had a rushing touchdown as well. So you saw a good quarterback play on both sides. I thought the difference in the game was Stephon Diggs, uh, especially down the stretch. He had 128 yards and a tutty. Uh, but I agree with you. I think the perception of Buffalo, especially with the national guys, it came back down to earth a little bit. But it's still a playoff win, right? And all of those are good. So, you know, all these teams are good. I think a lot of these games were closer than I certainly expected them to be this weekend. And I think sometimes we just, over the grind of of the 17 weeks of the regular season, you kind of forget, you know, teams have up weeks, they have down weeks. But, you know, when the playoffs come around, teams really, really lock in. So if the Colts score on that, um, <clears throat> you know, where they just turn it over on downs there, let's see, late in the second quarter, just really weird play calling. I think I think it was not a great Frank Wright game. He made some questionable decisions, but at least he was being aggressive about it. Um, there's some other coaching decisions this weekend that were not the, not the same. I'm sure we'll get into. But um, you know, on that third down, I don't think I think that you need to run that pass play on third down instead of uh, instead of the run to uh, Taylor when they lost three yards. I think at that point, and you know me, not a big proponent of kicking field goals inside uh, in goal to go situations, but I think. I think if you lose three yards there, you got to kick the field goal there and take the points. I think if they do convert that fourth down, though, instead of turning it over on downs, it's a different situation. You know, you can't you can't hit the red zone four times and come away with 10 points. And I think that that's the, that was pretty much the, the whole game there. Frank Wright came out and said that he wants Phillip Rivers to be a starting quarterback next year. Do you do you believe him? Rivers played well. It looks painful at times the way he throw, the way he throws the ball. But they're picking in the twenties. I think 21st is what I saw today. And I, I just, they don't really have another, I mean, maybe there's, maybe if you're going to go young, you know, do you look at uh making a move for a guy like, like, like Sam Darnold yeah. or I don't know what's going on in Miami, but could Tua be available. And again, I, I don't think that this is something they want to do, but there's that Carson Wentz connection and certainly could be that he's, he's available, but, you know, so I, I don't know. Um, so you don't believe him? If I had to put money on it, I'd say that he probably is their quarterback. So I don't know if I believe him when he says he wants him to be the starting quarterback. I just any think that- luck, Andrew? Any any chance Andrew Luck comes back? You think? I mean, the guy's taking two years off. Any chance, or do you think he just was, is really done with football? I don't know. He's a different cat, you know. Yeah. So I think he might just be done with football. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and how does that work? Well, I mean, would they have? Any your contract when you don't play, your contract goes on hold. Okay. So if he had three years left on his deal, he's still got three years left on his deal. They have his rights. So, so uh, it's like uh, it's just it's just like when Carson Wentz, quote unquote, retired, or I'm sorry, Carson Palmer retired right. and then decided to come back when he traded to uh, what was it, the Raiders? The Raiders, yeah, yeah. All right, we went we went way off. <laughs> We're talking next year quarterbacks. Andrew Luck made an appearance. Let's talk Rams, Seahawks. The Rams probably in one one of the surprises of the weekend. I thought they handled the Seahawks. They won thirty to twenty on the road. I thought they handled the Seahawks pretty well. Talk about that one. What a mess in Seattle. And then Carroll came back and doubled down on it today. And you know our our goal is to run the ball more and run it more efficiently. No more cooking, huh? 11 completions for our MVP, our, our preseason MVP choice yeah. yesterday. It, and look, L.A. has a great, great defense. But I mean, would it surprise you if we found out that Russ was hurt in, no. in some way? <laughs> because no. he just hasn't looked. It's been about eight weeks now. He's just looked just not anywhere near. He has you know, been a turnover machine. Um, but And that pick was bad on that on the uh, the screen. That he should have bad. thrown two more. I mean, there was a couple more that the DBs dropped. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I picked Seattle. I, I certainly thought that they were – I just thought that if Walford was going to play, which is so funny because <laughs> they just brought in golf. Like, it was like he was the backup. And they referred um, to him as the, the backup. Was it, Buck and, <laughs> was it Buck and Aikman? I mean, they were talking about Jared Goff like he was – some fucking bum off the street. And it's not like he did anything great either. I mean, he was 9 of 19 for 155 and yeah. a touchdown, but um you know, he he did have a he does have a broken thumb, so I'm Got not gonna... three pins in his hand. Yeah, just what had surgery 
10, 15 days yeah. ago, whatever yeah. it was. So the game itself was kind of, you know, as, as these, these defensive teams tend to be and teams that want to run the ball like Seattle does. That's all I got on that one. Yeah. Russ struggled uh, 174 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Like I said, he probably should have at least had one or two more. We've talked about his turnovers becoming a serious problem. You know, DK Metcalf was very frustrated, visibly frustrated on the sideline early. You know, he finished with two touchdowns, but you saw that tantrum. Well, on the sidelines very early in that game. I did, I saw this on like Saturday or uh, Friday afternoon or Saturday that in the first two games, he only had one catch for like nine yards first in their two games versus the Rams. Because Jalen, Jalen Ramsey's got him locked down. Right. Okay. I mean, look, uh, Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, I, I didn't like his behavior on the sideline, especially that early in the football game. I mean, that was in like the first quarter, maybe at the beginning of the second. Like I said, he finished with two touchdowns, but I think that set the tone for that team very early on. You could tell that they were pressing a little bit. You know, they ran the ball okay, but they, they couldn't stop the run. Again, man, Cam Akers, after doing nothing for the first 13, 14 weeks of the season, he went for 131 yards and a touchdown, and he was a big difference in the game. He had another 45 yards receiving. He's really becoming a threat. I really like him moving forward. I'm still not sold on the Rams, but uh, they incorporated the winning formula, you know, for winning in the playoffs. And this was a good win. And you know what that winning formula is, right? You run the football and you, you play good defense. You stop the run. And I know that's a little outdated and, and you're more of a, a proponent of sort of a new age uh, formula. But that's a tried and true formula. And five of the six teams that won this week out, outrushed their opponent. So... When you're running the football, you're able to control the game a little bit more. You don't have as many three and outs, those kind of things. And, look, I don't want to get into a philosophical debate. I mean, it's just – it's statistics, right? When five of the six teams – Yeah, but those things aren't always causation and correlation, you know. I, I get it. But it's it's something to you – know, If a team's got a lead, they're going to try and run the ball. I mean, you sure. know. It's just something to know, right? I mean, For sure, for sure. And, and next week, it could be the exact opposite. I mean, that's the way this league is. So let's talk the last game, the Saturday night game, the last game of Saturday. Tampa Bay 31, Washington football team 23. Tampa went into D.C. and, and they won. I mean, that, that was a fun game, right? It was a fun little game, the fun story of the the Heineke or Hinky or whatever the hell his name is. Talk about that one. He balled, man. He balled. He had, uh, let's see, PFF's fourth highest passing grade on the week. I kind of hate when people do the – he went toe to toe with, with Tom Brady. It's like he, I mean, he didn't do anything against Tom Brady. They're just Nothing. playing quarterback on opposite teams. But, but I thought he, I thought he showed well. And um, you know that Washington defense. I know that Tampa scored thirty one points, but they didn't make it. They didn't make it easy. Brady had the best PFF grade on the week, ninety point seven on a pass grade. I know he had three hundred eighty yards, but you know that was that was a fun game, as you said. Uh, I thought it was um, very entertaining, and I pushed on that one. I did take. Washington plus the points. So I, I was happy to push there. But Leonard Fournette actually looked alive. Mike Evans, his knee looks okay. Had six catches for 119 yards. So it looks like he's going to be ready to go for their the rest of their playoff run here. And I still think Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC. So did I get our did I get our score inaccurate there? So were we two one two and one on the weekend? Well, I'm not exactly sure what I have to go back and listen to it. I'll have to I'm, go back and listen to it. I thought I'm for sure. sure. I'm not sure what it was it, when I made it. I think it was a, I'll, I will correct that and make sure next in next week's episode, it's noted. Uh, I anticipated the Tampa's offense would struggle and they really didn't miss a beat. I, I mean, look, Washington, like you said, didn't make it easy, but Brady had a good game in you know, almost 400 yards, two touchdowns, Leonard Fournette, 23 carries for 95 yards and a tutty. There was some concern, you know, about Mike Evans' health coming into the game because he uh, left the game the previous week. He played well. He had 119 yards. Antonio Brown, this is interesting. The last few weeks, he's really started to get into the flow of that offense. I think he's had a touchdown two weeks in a row or maybe even, maybe even three weeks in a row at this point. So I think that's an interesting piece to kind of take a look at moving forward. The one concern for me probably is that Tampa, their defense did, did not play great. 
Tampa Bay's offense had a couple of fumbles, which I think helped Washington out a little bit. So I think that score is a little bit uh, misleading. But all in all, I thought it was a good game for Tampa. And, and clearly you and I, you know, both think highly of Tampa because we're expecting them to go in and, and beat New Orleans uh, outright. Uh, so we picked them both on the money line. So I think we both sort of have the same opinion of them. Godwin had five drops. Yeah. He still had five. I mean, he had 12 targets, five catches for 79 yards and a touchdown, but five five drops. And and I learned something. And I've watched a lot of Tampa games this year. I did not know that Scotty Miller went to Toledo. No, he went to BG. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't know that, which was interesting. So so shout out to to uh, Scooter, the, the, the Mac guy. Uh, we love those guys. So let's move into Sunday. Uh, one of the games that you were really looking forward to, the early game on the Sunday docket was the Ravens at the Titans. The Ravens ended up winning 20-13. I thought the Titans would win that game. They obviously didn't. What's your thoughts on that one? They had them. They had them right where they wanted them. They were uh, up 7 nothing. They went right down and scored on their, uh, I believe it was their first possession. No, it wasn't their first possession. They went three and out on the first possession. Their second possession. Both teams went three and out on their first possessions. And then uh, Tennessee goes on a 10-play, 70-yard drive. Then they get the interception on uh, what was the the worst pass of the weekend. <laughs> not even questionable. Not even, not even a question about it. Just awful. Lamar had the second worst passing grade on the weekend um, ahead of only Jared Goff, but not going to, not going to harp on that right now, but you know, more, more questionable calls, you know, it's fourth and two from the other team's 40. And, (laughs) you know, you're going in on the 40 and you're down, you're losing in the game by four at that point. And you have a 250 pound running back who granted had not had a great day, up to that point and gained it two yards yeah it, it, you know you had a third third and two you couldn't get it and then you know you, you decide to punt there it's just it is one of the worst punting decisions uh, i'd ever seen so you uh, want can i can i can i say something about that mm-hmm. so i saw something from uh pro football reference or whatever that no team in the playoffs since 1994 that was in that field position on fourth and two, trailing has ever – nobody's done it in the last 25 years. So it's it's it was really an unprecedented decision by Vrabel to punt there. Even, you know, even with the game having evolved as much as it has over the last decade, it even goes back, you know, 15 years beyond that. Yeah, so I'm looking now. It's uh... – at surrender underscore index on Twitter. And they, they, they tweet out all these. Um, it's the surrender index. They tweet about how, how cowardly the punts are and whatnot. But um, while losing seven, all right, they're down 17. Oh, let's see. Hang on a second. They're down 17, 10. Was it seven? Was it that? It was 17, 10 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I noted it because when I was watching it, I was like, oh man, this is a fuck. Okay. So that, that was from the 44. Then they punted again. Down 17-13. Let's see. It was fourth and two again. That one was from the 44 with 5-16 remaining in the third. And then there was 10 minutes and six seconds left in the fourth when they were losing 13-17. to With a surrender index of 138.87, this punt ranks in the 100th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2027, uh, 2020 season and the 99.92 percentile of all punts since 2009. So it's basically the most cowardly of this year. And one of the most top 10 most cowardly of the last 11 years. It's just inconceivable. And then to make to make matters even worse, you punt the ball down to him. It took Baltimore two plays to get back to the 40. Yeah. Two it, plays. Well, Chops, you know, Chops, friend of show, Chops actually tweeted that out. He's like, oh, two plays later, they're already back where they would have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I just don't I don't understand what, what was to be gained there. Certainly not field position with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. So I just I just didn't really understand it, and I I think it's it's funny the way they they word it like cowardly. I would say, I would say that's like, you know, maybe that's not the cowardly way. I mean, like he's just like ah, oh, just we'll, we'll punt whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just stupid. I, I didn't think it was a very good game, and 
maybe that was by design. Maybe that's what Baltimore wanted to do. Neither quarterback played particularly well. I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson was able to create with his legs. That 16 carries for 136. Yeah, that touchdown, that 48-yard touchdown was pretty pretty electric, pretty dynamic, uh, you know, tiptoeing on the sideline, diving in. I mean, that, that was a pretty special play. But, you know, he threw for less than 200 yards, no touchdowns. He had a pick, just like you said, it was a terrible pick. Marquise Brown, we're not calling him by his nickname anymore. Marquise Brown came alive a little bit, right? He had 110 yards, which should make Baltimore fans happy, I guess. But I think the story was really Derrick Henry's inability to get going. Uh, and, and Mike Vrabel punting on fourth and two with, with 10 minutes you know, to go down, what, four points. So hats off to the Ravens. But, you know, you definitely like to see Tennessee be more aggressive there. And I'm never – very rarely am I the guy where I give, you know, this team lost the game. I mean, I'm always very complimentary that team went out and won it. I think this is one of the rare instances where I think Tennessee really – gave that game away or at least sacrificed their chance to actually win the football game. Yeah, you got to – we've seen it. You know, Lamar has not been able to come back from down 14. I, I don't know that that means he never can, but uh, I'm certainly going to say you, you kick a field goal after that interception. If you can go down there – and they had just some weird, weird play calling. Again, that's another drive where they started off first down. Derrick Henry, left guard. You know, he, got, he gained five yards on that play, but – Again, on the, on the second first down of the series, Derrick Henry left guard for one yard. I mean, it, it, they just it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them when Arthur Smith leaves. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. And, and I don't know if I'd be rushing to hire him anyways, to be, to be frank and honest. The middle game of the Sunday slate, Bears and Saints. Uh, the Bears lost 9-21. to 21. Uh, I don't have Nickelodeon. So I was unable to watch the Nickelodeon telecast. Luckily, it was on Amazon Prime and CBS uh, as well. Maybe the game would have been more interesting if I would have had the the slime cam or whatever and all that shit that they were doing with the players. But what do you think about that one? I th- I'll, I'll tell you what, I enjoyed the slime. But man, what a terrible game to subject the kids to. Um, <laughs> Trubisky was awful, to say the least. Nothing got going until they were just in complete flat out prevent defense there at the end just just literally trying to go home but the slime cannons were cool <laughs> yeah. uh and i think that jimmy graham probably has to retire because that was the sweetest walk-off thing i've ever seen yeah it was pretty good you know what though you've been a um an advocate of sort of free free a rob all year both on social media and on on this podcast they i <laughs> I was looking at the stats when I was preparing for this. I watched the game, okay? I was looking at the stats. I did not realize he had five catches in that game. I do not remember them calling his name. And for your best player on offense to not be a bigger impact, uh, you know, to me, that was tough. And with all that being said, this was still a 7-3 to three game well into the third quarter. I mean, the Bears had opportunities uh, you know, Breeze didn't look great, but the Bears just really couldn't do anything. And I, I think you're seeing, we've talked about this probably being Drew Breeze's last season. After watching that game, now look, the Bears do have a good defense. Breeze just doesn't look like the same player to me. The ball doesn't come out of his hand the same way. Obviously, look, he had like you know, seven broken ribs and a punctured lung like six weeks ago. So the guy's probably still not 100% fully healed, and he's afraid to take hits and those kind of things. But there, you, there you can see definite uh, regression, the, the cliff that some of these guys fall off of. I don't necessarily know if he's falling off of it, but he's definitely teetering on the edge. So speaking of quarterbacks, aging quarterbacks falling off cliffs let's get into really the game of the weekend really it's the game that everybody's talking about today everywhere you go social media maybe it's just the people i follow on social media i don't know but fox sports espn all the major media outlets this is they led all their shows with this today the cleveland browns the new look cleveland browns 
the same old Cleveland Browns went into catch-up field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Blitzburg, the bad, the bad, bad Pittsburgh Steelers. And they beat the shit out of them 48-37. to That score is nowhere near indicative of what that game really was. Uh, I think we're probably both going to talk about this a little bit. I'll let you go ahead and and go first. What do you think about the game? Talk to me. You know, you and I obviously communicated a lot during that game, but I just I'd, I'd love to hear your your thought process and, and and just everything about the game. Yeah, you know, uh, when it comes to the Browns, for me, I am an absolute head case. So I did I did make the pick last week uh, on the money line, and then. You know, I think that day the podcast came out last Tuesday was the day that we found out Stefanski, Batonio, and uh, I believe it was a practice squad player all all had uh, had tested Hodge. positive. Yeah, oh, I was it was Kadero Hodge. Yeah, that's right. Had all tested positive for COVID, and to lose your primary play caller um, and your head coach, I mean, it's just really it's really incredible to see what they did. And granted, Pittsburgh, um, you know, didn't help themselves much at all in the first half. You know, Cleveland was ready. I mean, you saw it. They were prepared. They didn't look like the team that hadn't practiced in two weeks. They practiced one time in the past two weeks. You know, I think we're just so fortunate to have Barry and Stefanski. That just shows you that, you know, I, I'm you know, I'm not big on the culture thing. I've I've never I'm I'm not been I mean, we just have better players now. We have a better coach that's competent. Yeah, and that makes that makes it more fun when you're winning eleven games in a year and you win a playoff game. But I will say that, you know, guys like Jarvis Landry it's Stefanski like those types of guys do make a difference in you know if you want to call it culture we can call it culture that's what you call it you call it whatever you want but I thought about it all day because Stefanski said look I point I look at a chart and I point my finger at it and I make the decision he's right and I know he's downplaying it I know he's downplaying it but you know that's 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 him saying hey look I trust my guys to go out there and do what they can do you know I trust AVP I trust Prefer to go ahead and, and make these these decisions and um we saw it man they are they they look like a well-oiled machine that was just ready to go and we know what pittsburgh thought of us juju smith schuster told us straight up what they thought uh, of us going into the game there's not one player in that locker room that had a different mindset or or thought about the browns other than that you know they were all there just a week ago in cleveland when we struggled and i told you i thought it was by design that we weren't going to show them anything uh, you saw a completely different team this week than you did last week you know, just obviously right from the start with a snap over his head. And it is interesting. I didn't really notice it until today because I wasn't watching them last night. But neither one, Ben or Connor, really went after the ball. It was so weird. And we had five guys right there. I mean, we had one of like five or six guys that could have landed on that ball in the end zone. Tip passes. Stefanski quoted. He's like, I see us. I see us. Uh, I see a tipped pass interception for us in this game. <laughs> we had We had what, three of them? And then, uh, you know, he threw the one right to Taki Taki late there in the fourth to pretty much seal it, but uh, it was over long before then. Historic first quarter, 28 points. First team ever to score 28 points in a first quarter of a playoff game. I don't know what else you can say. I, I, I think that I texted a friend uh, right before the game that I thought we were uniquely set up for this. And, um, you know, like, I, I don't know how you don't trust Stefanski and Barry anymore. Like, I don't know how there's any other doubt or any more doubt with the, with those two guys. So I was pretty confident when we had the podcast last week. You know, I was kind of telling you that you know, I expected us to be in the game. I expected it to be close. I didn't expect it to be the same old situation. And then obviously all the news came out on Tuesday. And like like most Browns fans, I was I was shocked by it and uh felt a little bit defeated. But I'm gonna tell you, and you know this because you and I were communicating. Friday morning, late morning, early afternoon, I mean, I told you, I texted you out of the blue, and I said, have you convinced yourself that we can win this game yet? And you said something, and I said, I'm very confident. I, I was, by the time we hit Friday afternoon, I was very confident for a lot of different reasons, and I told you in that exchange, I said, I'm not going to tell you what they are. I want to save it for the podcast. And one of the main reasons why was I really started to sit back and think about we knew how to handle this because we went through it against the Jets. We sort of went through it against Pittsburgh even last week. I mean, this team has been dealing with COVID for the last few weeks, so I think they've learned 
how to go through the week without practicing with with finding out you know day after day that different guys are testing positive or or not able to play because of tracing so i had a really strong i just kind of felt like man if any team in the nfl like we're experienced with having to deal with this specific situation and a lot of teams aren't so i started to feel really really good and then i just kind of i got to a place where i started thinking about the steelers and how they played this team went 11 and 0 they won one game after they went 11 and 0 they went one in five the rest of the season the only team that they beat was indianapolis who was up on them really big and they had to do some miraculous stuff to come back so I just started to kind of think about our preparation, the, the the physicality of our team, the way that we play. And that's really what led to me thinking on Friday afternoon that we were – there was not a doubt in my mind going into this game to the, to the point where I really wasn't even nervous. And I'm not even bullshitting you. Like this is totally me being 100% transparent and honest with you. Sunday, I got up. I put some furniture together that we bought from Ikea for upstairs. Like I was just kind of chilling. Oh, man, it's 630. You know, the Browns are on in about an hour and a half. You know, like it wasn't one of those situations where I was just kind of sitting there watching the clock all day long. Courtney got an Oculus. I was playing with the Oculus a little bit. Like, I'm telling you, I was totally comfortable. And the fumble at the beginning, I I put out, you know, I did a little woo-woo. You know, like I was excited. And then it just kind of all started snowballing. We were up 14-0 five minutes into the game. We were up 28-0 at the end of the first quarter. It was just one of those games. And even I didn't expect it to be like this. But it was just one of those games where everything goes your way early. And from that point on, the guys were able to really be comfortable. You know, that offensive line, Pittsburgh got no pressure on Baker. You know, they brought in, what's his name, Hank or whatever, the guy that filled in for for Batonio's backup. You know, Batonio's backup goes down. And then the guy that Baker just met in the locker room, Kendall Lance. Yeah, Kendall Lamb comes in there. The first play that Kendall Lamb was in the game, T.J. Watt got pressure on Baker. That's it. You didn't see T.J. Watt really all game. I mean, you know, he made that one run play where he, you know, put out his little lion roar or whatever. You didn't hear Minka Fitzpatrick's name all all game. You didn't hear Cam Hayward's name all game. Fucking Jarvis Landry absolutely abused Robert Spillane. They kept trying to cover Jarvis Landry with Robert Spillane. So... You know, the Browns offensive line, very physical, did a great job with Baker with all the injuries. He had 265 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. This team really responded to adversity. Dan Orlovsky, and I, you know, I love Orlovsky. You know that I talk about him all the time. He opened up Get Up this morning on ESPN. Now, look, this is a little bit of an overreaction, but this is the first thing I saw when I was getting ready for work this morning. He said it was the greatest football game he'd ever watched in his life. If you look at all the situation, right, this team, a, a storied franchise that's been down for the last quarter century, all the injuries, no head coach, you know, OBJ going down, everything that we've had to face, all the COVID stuff in our personal house of fucking horrors to go in there and absolutely, their fans were crying. Ben Roethlisberger was fucking crying on the sideline. Crying. Marquise, Maurice, whichever one it is, Pouncey, he was fucking crying on the sideline. Their fans, their radio people today, that Colin Dunlap, that son of a bitch, they're firing fucking coaches and retiring quarterbacks, man. You beat their ass one time. And what I'm going to say is this. I'm going to give you the floor back. I've been through this before. I've been through this before on the other side, and I'm not necessarily ready to compare it to that yet. But when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, Michigan beat Ohio State 11 out of 13 times. And it was just one of those situations where you just walked in there and you expected to beat them every single time. So, you know, tr- you know, they get rid of John Cooper, and you're like, all right, that doesn't make a big difference. Trestle comes in. Whatever you want to call it, 
We're not going to call it the C word. We'll just say, you know, reinvents the program. We'll call it that, right? They beat you the first time, and it's like, oh, man, whatever. That, that, that you know, it's not going to be like that. It's got all the makings of exactly what I remember the Michigan-Ohio State situation transitioning, what, 20 years ago. So that's what I'll say. Ben Roethlisberger cried on the fucking sideline. The guy threw four picks. His career is over. They they all, you know, you still got, they, they still don't respect us. They're still talking shit about us. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We're on to Kansas City, and that's the bottom line. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well said. Uh, I don't really have much more to add other than, you know, I, I think that we're in great shape. And I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned transition, you know, two teams going in different directions here. And, uh, it's nice to see that it looks like we've, we've finally got something that that's going to work here long-term. And, uh, I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for Kansas city and I'm excited for, for whatever else is, is to come this year and, and for the years to come. One more thing before I move on to or excuse me, before we, we move on to next week, the whole time, not necessarily the whole time, but the one thing that kept flashing through my, thinking I was thinking about last night when I was watching that game is imagine if Odell was here I have officially moved off of I don't want Odell on this team and I don't necessarily know if I ever really had that position but this idea that Baker is better with Odell I've officially moved on from that I just think it was a situation the struck now look the struggling last year I think was was coaching the struggling this year new offense no offseason no practice so just from here on out, I'm just putting a declaration out there. Not only will you not hear me that I think that we should move on from Odell Beckham, I think anybody that has that position, that stance, and I know you've always been here, okay? You've always been here, but anybody who has that position or stance, they're not welcome on this show. And they're it's 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 stupid, okay? And I'm 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 officially there. So let's move. You want to say anything about that? No, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome home. Welcome, welcome onto the to, to the train here. It, because it's, it's always a good thing to keep good players. I, you know, imagine this team. You know, and I'll talk about this a little bit more. But after some of the experiences that we've you know gotten this week, and and what we're going to get this upcoming week to start to incorporate the Delpits and and Odell and all that stuff back into it. I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. Let's talk about next week. Early game, Saturday. I'm looking forward to this one. Rams at Packers. Uh, the Pack is, shout out to Pat, our boy Pat, who's a Packers fan. Uh, the Packers are minus seven. That's the 435 game on Fox. What do you think about that one? Just some thoughts and, and, and pick a winner. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good game. I I like the Pack. You know, I, I think that they are, I think that they're good. And you see Rodgers is a complete control of this offense now, the second year in it. And it is that same kind of wide zone, you know, heavy play action that we run. That's kind of the, the hot thing right now in the NFL. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when you put a quarterback like that in a quarterback friendly offense such as that, you, you get what you, you have right now. It's a, you know, he's, he's the MVP. He's going to win the MVP. And, um, you know, I just don't think that the Rams have enough firepower. I think I'm not sure on the spread, but that feels a little. That feels like a like a lot of points. It does, uh, just because of how good, just how good LA's defense is. They're they're gonna Donald's be able. Banged up though, man. He he fell, and I you yeah. know I think he's got some rib stuff going on there. They said so. today they expect him to play. Yeah, of but, course. You know he is banged up, but if he, he's on the field, you know you gotta you gotta account for him regardless. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I think um. You know, I'm I'm super super excited to watch Ramsey and Devonte Adams. I think that that's going to be just absolutely insane. I can't, I just can't wait to see that matchup particularly. And um, you know, I, I do think Green Bay gets comes out of here with the win. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. I think I expect him to play like the MVP. Devonte Adams, like you said, unstoppable in 13 games. He played 13 games this year. 115 catches. 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns. I mean, that is... Hey, all due respect to Stephon Diggs, but Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, was there any... Do Are they one and two now? Is that where we're going with this? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I you know there was a lot of talk about Diggs, and he led the league in 
in uh, receiving yards and and all that. And, and, you know, he's got a great quarterback thrown to him too. But to me, for me, it's Devontae. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you, go back and listen to the Madden episode when some other people on that episode tried to talk about Devontae Adams being overrated, and I spoke up for him. So Devontae Adams is unstoppable. Aaron Donald's banged up. So, you know, I expect the the Packers to win this game fairly easy. I got I got the pack by 11. Okay. I wow, like okay. that. I just, you know, look, Jared Goff's still hurt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Like, it, the Packers, their run defense is is uh, very not good. Um, yes. So let's see here. True. Just just banked. Up, just looking at the EPA numbers. Ah, they're 18th in EPA, but they're not, that's not a good rush defense. And can't, like you mentioned already, Cam Akers has come alive, and I think that they could. I think that they could slow the game down, eliminate some possessions. You know, try and drag this one out. I could see this one. Let me check it real quick before I before I make or, or it could go the other way, right? So over under is forty six. I, I guess it could, but I, like, do you really think that that Jared Goff is going to be out there in nineteen degree weather lighting lighting up Lambeau Field? I mean, no, that's what I mean. I think it could go the other way, right? Where you know maybe the Packers get the ball first, they go down, they score. Goff throws a you know throws a bad interception. All of a sudden, it's fourteen nothing. They can't run the football. Then that's what I mean by it going the other way. Like they're not going to. Yeah, but I still think they're going the to. Clock. I, I think that uh, I could see him like, you know, when Baltimore gets down, they, 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 they just keep running the ball. Same with Tennessee did it all year long. They, they were down. It didn't matter. They didn't abandon it. Um, except for that one game versus us with Tennessee. They did throw the ball a ton there in, in that game. But um, I, I don't know. I, so 11 probably a little bit aggressive, but I just wanted to pick a number. I, I picked I tried to pick a number for all these games that I thought. So, you know, you think they're going to win, but maybe not cover the spread. I, I think they do. So. That's it. Next game. Ravens at Bills. Bills are minus one and a half. This is the eight fifteen game on NBC. Who you like in this one? Oh man, I don't this is this is this is I I think this is probably the best game of the weekend. Um <clears throat> as far as matchups go. It could be it could be fun. I don't know. The, the Ravens only scoring twenty points last week is kind of kind of a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, you know, you'd like to see him certainly score some more points against that defense. And, uh, you know, I already mentioned Lamar had that, you know, second lowest passing grade on PFF last week, and he is certainly electric with his legs, but, uh, see Buffalo's rush defense is, it's also not very great. They ranked 23 in the EPA, in the EPA numbers. So they, they might want to eliminate some possessions and try and draw this game out, you know, especially, you know, we saw Indy do it. That was obviously their game plan. Um, once they went down, they had to kind of abandon it and try to score a little bit quicker. And but, they were uh, able to, right? I mean, yeah. they just fucking were going right down the field there in the second half. So, yeah. and yeah, I so. don't see Lamar being able to do that. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Philip Rivers arm. I, I mean, he's certainly got a more live one than Philip Rivers. Um, I just don't know. <laughs> If it's if it's enough, you might have more. Life. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, you know what? I, I think the bills. I think the bills probably win. Um, and if I was gonna bet, I'd probably. I'm seeing it now. I bet online at minus one. I, I oh, think so I would, it's moved. Yeah, I think I'd probably go. Probably go with Buffalo there. Okay, this is the hardest one for me to pick. Yeah, uh, you know, you said it. I think it's probably matchup wise the best game of the week. You know, but it's hard to pick, right? Because the, the Ravens, they've turned it around a little bit ever really ever since that Monday night game against Cleveland. You've seen their season kind of transform a little bit. And then Buffalo struggled a little last week. And in the few games before that, they were putting up 40 and 50 points a week. So I'm not going to overreact, overreact either way to the Ravens kind of beating bad opponents and the Bills struggling a little bit last week. I expect Josh Allen to have a good game, and I expect Stephon Diggs to continue to be special. I got the Bills by six. I like it. I like it. Um, but, yeah, I do expect the Bills to win. Sunday, Cleveland Browns at Kansas City. That game's already already moved. I think it opened at 9 it's already to 10. That's the 305 game on CBS. The Chiefs are favored by 10. I'm not going to actually make a pick on this game. I didn't last week. I'm not going to this week. I'll give you some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts first. 
their EPA rush numbers on defense are not great. I mean, they rank 27th in that category this season. And, you know, so certainly we can run on them. And I think that the Browns can score with anybody in the league. It's just a matter of that defense. You know, we, we've seen them do this before what they did last week, where they get up big and then they just hold on and, and uh, you know, do enough to win the game. I don't think that this is a game that, that they can do that. Certainly score as many points as you can. They're going to try. They're going to run their offense the way that they always do. And I, I would expect to see some tricks. I would expect to see some uh, – some. I, I, I'd like to see Stefanski go into his bag a little bit here. But, you know, certainly we can score with them. Getting Stefanski back, as I mentioned, um, pretty much everyone that was on that COVID list, Denzel Ward's coming back. That's huge, especially against a team like this, which has, has so many passing options. Keep Robert Jackson off the field as much as possible. Anything on Greedy? I, I don't think so. I, okay. I mean, uh, I haven't seen anything. I don't know if I, I want him out there first yeah. game of the season. Yeah. Fucking Casey anyway. Running, chasing, chasing Sammy Watkins around. Yeah. But getting those guys back is certainly a big help. Uh, Conklin is day-to-day with his hamstring. He'll Looks play. Like he's probably going to play. Yeah. I assume. He's, I, a big, I, he's a big 10 guy. Yeah, I assume he will play. And um, But, you know, I, I'm just not sure that we have enough. To, to, to win this game um, on the defensive side of the ball. Certainly on offense, I think we can score with, with anybody. Certainly we can score on them. Um, their defense is not great. And, you know, they, they've, they've struggled. You know, you talked about uh, Baltimore turning it around a little bit, but they've, they've looked kind of the opposite. They had a lot of one-score games that weren't really one-score games, but, uh, you know, games where they had big leads and let teams back in. So I don't feel like there's going to be a part of the game where we're, you know, where I feel like we're ever out of it. Uh, especially with um, the way our offense can score. So I'm also not going to make a pick. <laughs> okay. I think Kansas City wins. <laughs> okay. I hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, I think I said the same thing last week when I did my segment. I thought Pittsburgh would probably win. And by the time the podcast was over, I'd flipped. But, you know, I, I think uh, I think Kansas City is the best team in the league. So. Kansas City's not looked great over the last two months, whether that's, you know, them becoming bored or maybe they just haven't looked great because they're, you know, it's really, really hard to repeat in this league. We've talked about it. The Patriots have talked about it, you know, because that's really the only team that, that can talk about it. But it's just, it's really, really hard to repeat. So they have not looked great over the past two months. Obviously, Kelsey is a beast. He's a Cleveland guy. That's that's an interesting storyline that they haven't really brought up yet. I'm sure Nance and Romo will because I've told you, Nance's wife, his in-laws live in Cleveland. So Nance is like a de facto Browns fan because his whole in-laws are, are Browns fans. Oh, wow. Yeah, he goes, on, he goes on ESPN 850 all the time. But Kansas City has not looked great over the last two months. And, and here's the other thing, right? Their guys haven't played in like three weeks. Right, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't play they, last week. They they you know two weeks ago because they rested week seventeen. They didn't. They were off this week, so their guys haven't. You know their guys haven't played. Right, the Browns have been in playoff situations now for the last couple weeks. We've seen this happen historically, where I, I think this happened to the Colts one time, where they went fifteen and one or fourteen and two. They rested their guys like week sixteen and week seventeen, and they came out and they got beat. So. You know, Cleveland's getting healthy at the right time. Cross your fingers, right? We haven't gone back to practice this week. I mean, COVID just doesn't go away. So cross your fingers that we've gotten this thing under control. And the Raiders, man, right? Vegas has shown you can beat that team with running the football and playing timely defense. Now, look, is a divisional playoff game, are the, are the, are the Chiefs going to come to with the same intensity, you know, to a week? six or seven game than they are to a divisional playoff game. I don't know. I like this game to be close and I like this game to be physical. I would not be surprised if the Cleveland Browns won this game. I do not think that I think this is a three or four point game. Uh, and I would not be surprised if it went three or four either way. And I'll leave it at that. I think I, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I don't want to say I'd be surprised or shocked if, if they won. Um, just because nothing should surprise you in a divisional round of a playoff, you know, they, all these teams are good. So I have been fantasizing about going to Buffalo for the AFC championship game, though. I'm not going to lie all day. So with that being said, the, the, <laughs> the nightcap. I'd rather go to Baltimore. I think how fun would it be to beat them there? 
Let's focus on Casey. <laughs> we win one fucking playoff game. We're already <laughs> fucking, it's fucking ridiculous. We are going to be in the next 10 years. is just going to be terrible for all of you out there. This, this fan base is going to be insufferable because this isn't going to end. Like we're going to keep winning playoff games. So get ready for that. Last game of the weekend. Good game, right? A lot of star power in this one. Tampa at New Orleans. New Orleans is favored by three. That's That one's a little surprising to me. Um, this is one of those can a team beat a team three times games, right? We always get that, you know, oh, they, there's no way they can beat them three times or whatever. But it's really not that simple, and I'll talk about that a little more. But let me know your thoughts on this one. As you mentioned earlier, that was Brady's first game uh, playoff game as a wild card. Well, he's never played in the first round on the road. When you're beating um, the shit out of the Jets, Dolphins, and uh, Bills every year, you know. Another team with a really good defense that Brady's going against here. Um, they're fifth in the EPA numbers and uh, against the against the pass, and third against the rush. So they got their hands full again. Um, <clears throat> we saw the first two the first two matchups were, you know, not very pretty for Tampa. But, you know, New Orleans just kind of handled them uh, both times. But I expect it to be a good a, 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 a good game, a very hotly contested. The number at betonline.ag is minus three. We both took the money line on Tampa Bay, so at plus 145. So I I, I, know, I think Tampa Bay wins. I, I just think that they're going to score enough. And just based on what we saw from the way the Saints looked last week, is just I just don't think that they're – I don't want to say healthy enough, but I just don't think that – I just don't think they have enough. You know, the, win- just- the window looks like it's closed. Yeah, certainly. That's what I got on that. You know, these two teams, they played twice, right, already. But they played week one, right? Brady, mm-hmm. yep. new new team, new offense, no offseason. And then they played again week nine or week ten. I, I, didn't, I was too lazy to go back and look at the buys. So that it was either week nine or week ten. Tampa's played much better over the last six or seven weeks, albeit – it was against inferior competition, but hey, what's the old adage, right? You can't control who you play. You can only control how you play. So they've played well regardless over the last six or seven weeks. Uh, New Orleans has dealt with injuries. We've already talked about it enough. I definitely don't think Drew Brees is, is, is the same player. Tampa can run the ball, and they have the best run defense in the NFL. So I like Tampa by a touchdown. And that's it. I, th- I think I think they win the game. I do think I don't think they're going to run away with it, but I think it's one of those things where they're maybe up fourteen in the fourth quarter. New Orleans scores a touchdown to make it close. You know, I don't know if New Orleans is really going to try and run that much. They they use more swing passes and screens, kind of as their as their running game with Kamara. Good point. It's valid. Um, so I'd like to see. I, I don't have it offhand. Um, what 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 the what uh, Tampa's defense looks like versus screens and stuff like that. But I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Just, just, uh, I just think Tampa, I just think Tampa looks like the better team right now, push flat out. And, you know, if you, if you could, if they were loud fans and you could pack that house, it would be bumping. Those fans are nuts down there. And, uh, I think that would make a little bit of a difference. But with an empty stadium, I think Tampa's got them. Has that national championship game started yet? Any score? Um, they're reviewing a, a play right now. Is it a touchdown? Yeah, for Alabama. Uh, Ohio State went three and out. Is Waddle? Um, is Waddle playing? Yeah, he he caught a pass. Um, he caught like a little like a little pitch pass on like a rollout and and took off and then limping pretty bad on the sideline. Maybe I didn't realize how little he was. He's only five yeah. ten. Yeah, they're tiny. Um, all right, so we'll we'll say we'll we'll talk about that game next week. You got anything else on on the playoff games this upcoming week? No, just excited for another uh, another fun filled weekend. I wish there were six games again. Yeah, this this super wild card. We've definitely been a little. We were a little uh, spoiled with that. So there'll be four good games this weekend, and then uh, we'll see what happens. But don't forget at WC Sports Pod Facebook Twitter. Instagram, like, follow, subscribe to us. We are also available on all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. 
You can also listen to us at the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Fuck Chase Claypool and Poo Poo Smith Schuster. Somebody suck me. Corvette, Corvette. Corvette, Corvette. Hop in a motherfucking jet like jet. Him and then, him and then, like that. They were like, pop, why you all like that? Why you talk like that? Why you all like that? The demons have been exercised. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.